0: This week on Critical Sodium, we are going to delve into some mental health. We have been experiencing high highs and low lows over the last couple months. Coronavirus is still there, lurking in the background. Uh, Korea, North Korea is blowing things up.
1: Violence breaks out. Here and there. Conspiracy theories are circulating.
0: We all seem to be getting just a little bit less mentally healthy every day. So today we're going to go over mental health and some of the things we can do and you can do to make yourself feel a little better.
1: So let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Critical Sodium. I'm Ashley
0: and I'm Michael.
1: This episode was recorded Tuesday, June 16th, 2020. So things may have changed since this recording.
0: Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, we are going through extensive period of high highs and low lows. We saw a 50 or 30% stock market crash in March, and now we are at all-time highs 2 months later. Today's June 16th, we just got news that uh, retail sales were up 17% this this last month and uh dexamethasone apparently helps improve outcomes in coronavirus. I haven't actually read any of the, the An- papers or anything, but that just came out.
1: And hydroxychloroquine does not show any benefits to helping COVID-19 patients.
0: Yeah, so if you have any hydroxychloroquine, go ahead and throw it away, unless you have a reason to have it other than...
1: And that was uh, released yesterday from Medscape.
0: Well, what we're going to talk about is mental health and oh, how no. to deal with these periods of intense stressors. So let's start by defining kind of what some of the stressors are. You know, let's start by talking about what some of the stressors are and and why they're getting worse right now.
1: So some of the stressors that us Americans might be experiencing, in addition to the quarantine that we experienced uh, late February, early March, uh, including self-isolation.
0: Yeah, we got we got a period where a lot of people we know might be getting sick that we can't necessarily go visit.
1: And people lost loved ones.
0: And there's a lot of financial hardship out there. I know that um, the small business, uh, the PPP program went off to a rocky start. Um, A lot of people lost their livelihoods during the quarantine. Very unfortunate. And I hope that we can recover from this in some way soon.
1: But there's looking like there might be a second wave coming. Uh, There has been a lot of protesting going on across the country.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, a lot of that looks like it's been with masks, and at least it's outside, which I think some new study just showed that that's a little bit, you know, being outside is actually very important. Um, But, you know, in general, people are starting to reject the... I'd honestly say they're starting to reject the quarantines. You're seeing in New York, you know, basically people are ignoring the official warnings, whereas when they were, you know, when we were in March, everybody was... It was empty streets. I've never seen that before.
1: Well, asking us to lock down for months is a lot and takes a toll on a person. But at the same time, we do need to continue to flatten the curve. Um, I do see protesters on the news wearing their masks, but there's no social distancing occurring. Um, Certain health experts have said that the chances of an asymptomatic person transmitting COVID-19 is very unlikely. It was actually Maria Kirchhoff that stated that uh, she's with the World Health Organization, I believe she stated that last Tuesday, and then she backtracked her statement. This is all on the statnews.com webpage. And in response to her statement, the Harvard Global Health Institute also said on Tuesday, all of the best evidence suggests that people without symptoms can and do readily spread the SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus that causes COVID-19. In fact, some evidence suggests that people may be most infectious in the days before they become symptomatic, that is, in the pre-symptomatic phase. And how does a person know that they're in the pre-symptomatic phase if they're not showing symptoms versus just being asymptomatic? They don't know. But we'll save that for another podcast.
0: Yeah, and we're experiencing new COVID spikes. I think the most new cases a day in several states, including Texas for sure, and Florida, I think like Mississippi and a couple other, the southern ones. Um, Places that never really got hit that hard to begin with, but now might be, they might still be in their first wave, you know? And, uh, you know, if we're lucky, we'll get a break during summer because I know a lot of these viruses don't do well with heat and humidity. So I guess that's to be seen. But um, in Texas, at least, the cases rose to, I think there was 2,300 or so new cases on Saturday, and then I think 1,800 or somewhere in that range on Sunday. So you know this high it's the highest it's been per per day
1: well, in addition to COVID possibly coming back, we've been seeing a lot of civil unrest uh, and we want to go into how all of this could be potentially affecting our mental health and the importance of mental health and how we can manage our mental health better.
0: So some of the things that people might be experiencing right now that, that I kind of wanted to focus in on might be increased um, periods of anxiety or or they might be entering depression, especially with all the prolonged stressors that you know seem to be getting worse, not better. Um, also, you might. Be experiencing paranoia or other kind of I guess uh, conspiratorial type thinking which you know I mean some of it might be true what do I know but you know if if it's affecting your life to a meaningful level you you know we we want to direct you towards getting some help for that Um, and the other thing I'm kind of worried about is uh, people might be getting PTSD or the early signs of post-traumatic stress disorder if they were in a particularly hard-hit area or if they experienced something terrible, such as the death of a loved one, where they were not able to be there, you know, or if they personally got COVID, or if they are just a person who's particularly impacted by all of this.
1: There are also situations in which you can experience a trauma through empathetic engagement of another person who may have lost their job or experienced the death of a loved one, or someone else who may be having health issues that you know. This is known as vicarious traumatization. So that's something to keep in mind.
0: So for PTSD, first of all, you have to be over six years to have six years old to have PTSD, um, and also you it can. You don't have to actually experience the trauma yourself to develop PTSD. In the actual definition, you it says that you can develop PTSD from learning that the traumatic events occurred to a close family member or friend. In cases of actual or threatened death of a family member or friend, the events. Must have been violent or accidental,
1: and that kind of goes back to vicarious traumatization. What we were talking about earlier, too, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. So you know, and then if, if you kind of some of the the more um, concerning features that you might be developing PTSD would be recurrent, involuntary, and intrusive distressing memories of the traumatic events. Um, dreams are uh, dreams and nightmares are a big one. Dissociative reactions. Um, in which you're kind of like f- having flashbacks is basically what that is. Intense or prolonged psychological distress uh, and marked physiological reactions to an internal or external cue. And people develop avoidance and you know they can't have inability to remember tra- the trauma sometime. I think it's kind of like repressing it, common, common terms.
1: And I think depending on the type of trauma, they can often experience survivor guilt or self-blame. <coughs> uh, uh-huh. They start blaming themselves over the event that occurred.
0: Yeah, and if you're experiencing any of these symptoms, you know, the sooner you get therapy, the better outcome you're going to have. So, yeah, I agree. It might be over a Zoom call, unfortunately, but it's better than trying to deal with it yourself.
1: That actually might be better because you don't have to talk to the person in person, you don't have to like go there.
0: Uh, Easier
1: access from home.
0: I think some people probably like it, some people probably are not fans of it.
1: Let's kind of uh, talk about how important mental health is because it's often neglected or overlooked. Or undervalued because it's no one can really see if your mind is in shape. So why is mental health important to maintain?
0: Mental health is important because uh, you know it can it can both affect how you feel about yourself and how you you know how, how you're able to be confident and go throughout your daily life, and it can also have very real implications on you know both your personal ability to function and and you know make it out okay from this year. And uh, the ability of our society as a whole to make it out of coronavirus. I'm worried that, you know, on top of the devastating economic and health, you know, and physical health problems that we are going to suffer over the next six months, 12 months. You know, um, we we might have a huge percent of the population who develops, uh, you know, one of these psychiatric disorders um, like PTSD or anxiety disorder. And that, that could stick with them for a very long time or forever and it can it can negatively impact how these people are able to you know go back to the old normal um you know like before all this happened for instance a lot of elderly people right i i i'm worried that a lot of them will not mentally recover from this because this has to be such a scary um situation to where i could see a lot of people developing a social phobia um, you know, not wanting to to go within, you know, normal communications distance of another person. And, um, you know, it, it, it's not hard to see how that could start having very tangible real-life effects, you know. I've, I've spoken with elderly patients who um, let, let another, much more dangerous condition progress, you know, f- further than it should have. They, they should have gone to the ER sooner, but because of COVID, because they were worried about getting COVID, they instead chose to stay home, um, which I think is an irrational fear and probably led to more worse outcomes than if they had just gone. I mean, you, I, I, there, there's, there's precautions in the hospitals. Hospitals are, you know, uh, probably safer than if you're walking around in a grocery store and not everybody has a mask on, you know.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, I feel like this might be a new norm for some people wanting to wear a mask uh, out in public out of fear of getting something.
0: Yeah, and so that's why, that's another subject that I was um, thinking about is anxiety. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going to develop anxiety disorders out of this. Um, and, you know, you can develop anxiety from a, a kind of constant low-intensity um, low fear of, of something that, you know, it kind of can cause stress and and you can develop panic disorder which is like kind of episodes where you're kind of non-functional and uh, you can get you know physical symptoms like chest pain or palpitations.
1: Okay so what you're saying is everything that is going on is increasing our stress level and when we're stressed our body releases cortisol, our blood pressure rises, our heart rate beats faster.
0: Yeah and cortisol is basically you know it's the hormone that your body uses to regulate sleep cycles and kind of regulate your blood sugar and all of the, a lot of the, the mechanisms within your body so that you are alert when you need to be alert and not alert when you potentially don't need to be alert. And um, if, you, if you are stressed out or you are developing bad sleeping habits, you could potentially have too much cortisol, um, which could lead to problems with weight gain. It could lead to obesity, um, obesity, heart disease. Basically, any kind of problem you could imagine you could get. Yeah, and and so it really does pay to get a handle on all this stuff, um, you know, before it becomes a problem. And some of that is recognizing the warning signs of when it's time to go and seek professional help. Um, Another thing to watch out for would be depression. That would be if you kind of experience symptoms such as feeling down or um, like you don't have any hope or like you're unable to have fun anymore, Um, you know, more than a couple times a week and over a period of time. Um, we, we would definitely be more likely to develop this if we are kind of in an uncomfortable like living, uh, you know, prolonged living arrangement, such as being confined to your house with limited social interaction. Um, you know, if you have a, a, a history of this in the past, it might come back now. Um, you know, you got to watch out for if if you, if you notice you're starting to develop more addictive type behaviors, like if you are starting to gradually drink more or something like that, that might be a sign that you should go see a mental health professional as well. Um, so, you know, and then of course, if you're having any thoughts of self-harm or harming somebody else, you've got to call 911 immediately. Or call
1: the Suicidal Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And also you can go to their website, you can chat with them online, uh, and you can look at resources there that are available to anyone that is uh, having Problems with those thoughts. So, some of the ways that we can better manage our mental health and uh, cope with stress are thinking positive, instilling yourself with positive thoughts and words rather than negative ones, taking a me day, stepping away from the news and social media, uh, and also eating healthy.
0: You know, positive thinking is really important. I just wanted to focus on that. I think that uh, it's important to, you know, reinforce yourself reinforce the people around you and uh, just remember that if you haven't seen somebody for a while you know right now they might be locked in their apartment so maybe give them a call
1: yeah that's true
0: always make your bed every day
1: yes you know, I actually did hear someone on the news.
0: That was at a graduation. I don't know what you're talking about. You do? Yeah. It was if a you UT want, graduation.
1: If you want to change the world, make your bed every day?
0: Yeah, that was Admiral McRaven at like UT graduation in 2015 or something.
1: Where did I hear that from? I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, eat healthy. So instead of eating junk food, eating fast food every day, those simple carbohydrates, eat complex carbohydrates. So make sure you're eating lots of lean meat, vegetables.
0: Beyond burgers.
1: Beyond burger is actually really good. I tried it for the first time at BurgerFi. Even though they got our order wrong, they were still pretty good.
0: Yeah, we actually had it at Freebirds too. There's there's lots of uh, Beyond Burgers around. So maybe that's the way of the future. I don't know. Yeah doesn't taste too bad.
1: No, it doesn't. It is, it's very good. Who knows? I might not be eating meat <laughs> anymore.
0: I have heard some stuff about it having some possible like, chemicals and stuff in it, though I got to look into that. Oh, okay. The jury's still out.
1: Yeah, we, we need to look into that then. What about sleeping? Getting a good amount of sleep every day is very important. At least eight hours of sleep. If you can, it increases memory, concentration, uh, your ability to make decisions throughout the day. Uh, your energy level as well you don't want to be tired when you're at work especially if you're a provider you don't want to be tired trying to save lives out there that's a it's
0: true and not sleeping definitely will increase feelings of anxiety and paranoia and uh, you know even depression so and you know especially if you work on night shifts that can start to all start to run together I, i i know it well
1: uh, exercise. Exercise is another thing. Now, if you don't do a lot of exercising, no one expects you to get up from the couch and go run uh, 15k or even <laughs> 5k. So start out small and in small increments. I would say about 20, 25 minutes, maybe twice a week, and then the next week build on that. Go to 30, 35 minutes, three times a week.
0: There's actually a good app called, like, I think it's called Couch to 5k, and it gives you like a plan.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a great resource. I didn't know about that. What else, Michael?
0: Just keep in mind that if things are getting worse and, uh, you know, these kind of hygiene, you know, methods aren't working, then it's probably time to go seek professional help.
1: Yes, very true. And also mindfulness is great. So it teaches you to be in the present without any negative thoughts towards yourself or towards others, stepping away from whatever negative stressor is affecting you, and just being in the moment, uh, such as gardening or sitting in a garden. Um, I practiced that when I went to visit my parents and I sat in my mom's garden. It was very peaceful and serene because I was admiring all the beauty that was around. Michael does it every time he's gardening outside.
0: Yeah, and it's a good way to make sure you get your vitamin D.
1: Isn't a side effect of vitamin D deficiency depression or?
0: Depression, fibromyalgia, rickets, like poor bone mineral density, osteoporosis, chronic fatigue syndrome. Isn't that like the seasonal, whatever whatever it's called, seasonal affective disorder where you're depressed if you live in? sweden or something
1: or even up north
0: yeah, here we got too much sun that's true you know the other thing that you can make sure you do is um you know keep in keep in mind that, that this thing might come back we might be on lockdown again in november so uh you know save up money do whatever you can to to set aside enough to to live comfortably because if there's one thing that can stress people out more than anything else it's not having any money
1: true or toilet paper
0: yeah get toilet paper
1: i don't know why everyone went out and bought toilet paper
0: I don't know, but I'm glad I bought toilet paper.
1: That's true. You were very prepared. All right, everyone. I think that's it for now. Before we leave, we have to say, even though we are both medical providers, we are not your medical providers. So the opinions provided are only intended for entertainment and educational purposes and do not represent the opinions of any associated employers, nor are they intended to be substituted for medical care or advice. Always listen to your own physician or other medical professional who you are established with, for advice regarding your personal health. With that said, thanks for joining us, everyone. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe. Tune in next time on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods.